Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Three and boom. Back again. Back again. Yes. Back at it. So it's probably the most consistent thing in my life. Um, This and me going to my job on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, probably yeah. the two most consistent things. I think so, yeah. This is that's why this is the most consistent thing. Because yeah, you me. don't have a job. I don't have a job that I have to show up at. So, no. so I can see that. Yeah, so anyways. Here we are. Here we are, man. Ready to talk some more jujitsu. Just got done watching Snakey get busy on some fish. Attacking me, man. Attacking you as you're putting the fish in. Attacking the net as I'm trying to put the fish in. He's Yeah. I'm a little scared of that fish. Well, the nature's no fucking joke. Did you, I'm sure you saw the story. That snake. I'm you scared of that snake. What, you saw that? the story of that jogger that killed the mountain lion here in Colorado? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gangster. That's pretty crazy. I saw the the account of it. Right. Like he actually like described what happened because the stories were flying. Mm-hmm. It was like oh, he's I seen haven't it. actually seen his account. No. He came out with his account. On yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. He came out and they interviewed him, and I guess he like he cho- like the thing 
latched onto his arm. So it was like a young one. It was only like four feet, like only four feet. Like Imagine a four foot long fucking cat. So he did what you're supposed to do, which is like, you know, arms over the head and making right. noise. And, and he said the thing fucking charged him and latched onto his arm. And he said he took some sticks and was trying to poke it and whack it. But like the sticks were all rotted out. And so he couldn't get anything. And so he, uh, he said he'd had a house cat for six week or for six months, and he learned with the house cat that you can um, pin its hind legs down to keep it like when you're trying to do something and it's fucking flipping around and its legs are going crazy, so you don't get like cut up by its claws. Like pin its rear legs down; they're easier to deal with. So he took one leg and pinned its rear leg down, and took the other leg and fucking stepped on its throat and just like curb stomp choked it out like that <laughs> so it's so crazy man yeah that is crazy i mean it's uh it's yeah like he was able to keep his fucking wits about wits him about him to sort that out not just not freak just... out yeah he sorted that out like a champ yeah so yeah and uh and what was funny i guess is they said that by the time they got back to check the to check on the body of the, after he'd gotten away and told him what happened, like other animals, it had been partially eaten by some other animals. And I'm like, where the fuck is this guy hanging out? Where you got mountain lions attacking you and by the time you get back with the authorities, that motherfucking thing's already been eaten. Like what kind of predator things are just, just chilling in the bushes? Coyotes. That you don't even know. Coyotes are there <laughs> eating that carcass. Yeah. Fast. They're opportunists. Yeah, probably. I'm sure, I'm sure that's what I'm Jumped sure Jumped on that thing was. quick. Yeah. But still, I was just like, holy crap. Yes. I mean, that's probably no different than we're in like lunch loops, man. No, I'm just, dude, there's mom, there's mom out, out here. Out there. like, yeah. A lot. Yep. There's a lot of them. I'm sure of it. And I've seen fun. fucking big coyotes out here. Yep. Some small coyotes too. There's a, my story uh, of Locke. I'm sure I've told you this one before. Like I was riding with him. And he likes to chase rabbits, and I saw something rip across the trail in front of me, and Ock is hot on his tail, and I'm like, damn, that's a big rabbit. And I look again, and it's like a coyote. He had like a, you know, medium to small size coyote on the run. He's just chasing the thing down, like, yep, 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 getting after it. And I was like, man, that dog's nuts. So <laughs> the coyote's like, I don't want no part of this fucking thing. Get away from me. He can't take Mother Nature for granted. Sorry, I'm no. in the mountains. They, there's all kinds of shit that's gonna fuck you up. I was thinking about that just on my drive to Denver yesterday. Like, you know, even all week, like all week, I was just dealing with snowstorms and shit at work. Yeah, like it was pretty gnarly all week long. And then, you know, even on it was a Thursday, it was coming down up until your eye. It was finally it was coming down good enough. Like I made I made it through part of the day and then come about like four o'clock in the afternoon or so. I called my boss and said, that's it. I'm shutting it down. I'm coming home. Because like, if I don't leave now, I don't know like what the pass is going to be like. It's just going to get more and more dangerous the longer I stay here. It's just because it just keeps snowing. It's like, I'm done. I'm shutting it down. I'm coming home. He said, yeah, that's cool, whatever. And, so I, and then I drove to Denver yesterday from MRI and back. And I woke up early. And I, I was Because I knew the roads were going to be shitty. Like I was on the road by like 6 a.m. Friday morning. And, dude, it took me, like, five hours almost to get to Denver just due to a little bit of traffic, but I was ahead of most of it, you know, and in, in weather. Just yeah. had to go slow. And uh, and I started thinking, like, dude, that, that is not an easy run-of-the-mill run drive. No. The whole drive. Because like, you got the Beck Canyon, which 
if the weather's good, it isn't too bad, but it's still a twisty, turny canyon. There can be rocks and shit. Then you got Glenwood Canyon, which there's always rock slides in there, and that road's just fucked up. You know, and there's always accidents and shit in there. Then you got the passes. You got Vail Pass and Eisenhower Tunnel, which you get a shit ton of weather, and it's steep. And like, that is no fucking joke. Like, if you take somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience, or some yeah. tourist, you know, from fucking Iowa or something, you know, flies into Denver and then rents a vehicle, and is going to drive up over the passes, and you don't have any experience driving through the mountains, like, I've, too many people take that shit for granted. Like, dude, I've, I've been driving for my job for, like, the past eight years of my life. I got a lot of fucking experience driving. Like, I feel pretty confident. But that's a lot of practice. And there's a lot of people out there that don't have that practice. I mean, you know, like Kelly, for example, she grew up uh, in the middle of the goddamn ocean in yeah, Hawaii. Hawaii. You know, and if you were to put her in a car and get, get up over the mountains in the middle of the winter time. It's hard to make four left turns and here's your license. Like, yeah. that was the fucking test. Right, right. And then you t- you send someone like that, like up over the mountains, like that yeah. is a risky proposition. It is. Dude. That is it's, it is not just driving from point A to point B. There, I mean, you can make it. And I really think a lot of people that make it without crashing... It's just fucking dumb luck. Yeah, Dude, really, our cars are amazing. Yeah. Our I, cars are amazing. Yeah, our cars are amazing. You know, you get all-wheel drive and traction control and all this shit. Yeah. Definitely makes up for a lot of driver error. Yeah. But yeah, man, they just... Yeah, I hate that drive in the winter. It's, not, it's no joke, dude. No, it only takes one one thing too, man. Yep. One person getting in an accident, one rock slide, one whatever, and then you're just stuck because yep. yeah it's like you're in the mountains it's pretty fucking remote like yep. it's not like there's an exit every you know quarter mile or something it's like yeah no there's nowhere to go no you're sitting here you're just sitting there you're sitting there and you're or they're rerouting you five hours over some other pass or something i've had that happen yep. like yeah that's yeah <clears throat> that's who it's it is we, man. Live, we live in a beautiful place but there's it Dude, the winter, this. yeah, you got to take it for, it's, it's real. You can't underestimate that shit. No. And then I think, you know, is where you see people making those mistakes is, one, they underestimate it, and two, they get in a hurry. They, yeah. If you got to be someplace at a certain time and you didn't leave, you didn't give yourself it's four added, hours. It's a four-hour drive. You need to plan on a good day yeah. of being a four-hour drive. I gave myself five and a half hours. Like, I left at like six. I didn't have to be there. Technically, I gave myself six hours. I didn't have to be there until noon. And I'm an experienced driver. I was like, dude, I, I gave myself six hours to make that drive. And it was still, I you know, cut it kind of close. And thankfully, man, if I would have been in a hurry, that's, dude, that's when shit goes sideways on you. Yeah. You start rushing, trying to haul ass down one of them passes. Dude, yeah. I had one, one time I drove over Vail Pass when I probably shouldn't have. And, uh, dude, I remember, it was just wild. It was insane. It was like cars off on the side of the road oh, yeah. everywhere people turn backwards i remember like a couple times distinctly man like driving by someone <laughs> they're they're off on the side of the road in the ditch turn backwards and the look on their face is like what, what the fuck just happened and i'm just like dude and i mean we're driving you know kelly's like toyota camry <laughs> right like and yeah there was one time where i went to hit my brakes and we were and just started sliding and you start thinking like, all right, well, we're going to crash. So, you know, you start calculating like, all right, where's, how, the, best place where's the best place to crash? If I'm going to crash, right, I got, I got to deal with it. Right. But it's just a like to get to that point where you're like, yeah, all right, I'm crashing. I got to I got to make peace with that. You, and you come out of it and you're like, fuck, dude, I don't like 
being in situations where you're pretty sure crashing is a real reality. I'm going to try to avoid that one. So, yeah, that's why when Kevin's always like, oh, fight to win in February, it's like, I ain't signing up till the week before. Like, I need to know what that weather's going to be like. There's no way on earth I'm like, it's supposed to be risking sh- my life. Dude, it's supposed to be shitty all week, too. And that drive, yeah. that drive next weekend is not going to be any good. I'm heading the other direction. Yeah. Going to Scottsdale. Get the That's a good hell move. out of the cold. That's man. a good move. Dude. So sick I, dude, after this week, I am done with winter. Uh, yeah, because pretty much my snowboard season is done because my knee's not great. And yeah, and after dealing with all the snowstorms, oh, excuse me, this week, I'm like, that's it. I'm I'm ready for springtime. Yeah, we're going to be some old men bitching about the weather here for a second, but yeah, I'm with you, dude. <laughs> that's okay. Because like, I, we, I, I had to check. Like, I've been here for a long time. This isn't the worst winter as far as cold goes. Like, I still remember one or two winters where we'd get those gnarly inversions. Yep. And you're talking like 15 would be the high, negative 20 overnight. But it would, you know, a week or two of that. So there's definitely that. But, like, as far as just sustained winter without any like break of like because usually we get some decent breaks like a little warmth and and then it'll but it's like no man it fucking snowed here the end of november the first time and it's pretty much stuck around it's, it's been, been, it's been it, pretty consistent since yeah it's rained or snowed just enough to not let it ever dry out so it's just a, a muddy mess and it's been consistently just like Upper twenties, lower thirties. Like that's just been the the you know the highs, which is it's not warm. And so yeah, and I we're used to getting out every day and doing something. So for me, I'm starting to go stir crazy, crazy. man. Yeah, just being stuck inside all day. And even if you want to go outside, it's a it's a uh, a process, man. Yeah, Yeah, going out and coming back is a process. You got to get geared up. And then coming back, especially if I took the, my dog, he's a mess. <laughs> There's just no way to help it. It's muddy everywhere. So then I got to clean him up and it's just like, oh, so I know it's bitching about first world problems, but it is there's it still is. problems, man. So it is problems. There you go. Psychologically, you're going to mentally habituate to third world problems and first world problems the same. So it doesn't really matter what your problems are. You're going to fucking eventually find your your happiness set point. I was reading that last night, actually. What's that? Um, what is it? The, the happiness hypothesis. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Jonathan Haidt. Yes. That's my next one. Okay. I finished coddling the America. Coddling, was it coddling the American mind? Yeah. That, that's, I think it's the title of it. Yeah. I finished that one. Okay. And I'm, I, the happiness hypothesis. I think, cause I got his other, cause he's wrote in a few books. I think that's the other one I grabbed. Yep. That's, I'm gonna read that one. Yeah, the, the, that one's good. I'm liking that one. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like it's interesting. The social leap, um, and this one have a lot. There's a lot of the the psychology and the studies and some of the insights to like our our mind and you know why we do what we do. Um, that uh, a lot of ties there. But yeah, that was one of the things he was that I'm I'm in the, the chapterness on seeking happiness. And the basic idea is that, you know, one, like it or not, you have your uh, kind of a predetermined happiness set point. It's not necessarily set by environment as much as by genetics. And like, you know, environment can influence it, 
but just like, you know, muscles or whatever else, flexibility, like you have a, a predisposition towards whether you're, you know, leaning one way or the other, or do you just kind of where you fall on that spectrum. And so no matter what happens to you, you're going to eventually come back to what is your happiness set point. So you win a million dollars, you're eventually going to come back to your happiness set point. You, you know, break your back and can't walk. You eventually come, you know, back towards your happiness set point. It may not ever get back to exactly where it was, but it's just, you know, you have a, that that thing. So, like, that's why when you look at people in third world countries and, and it's like, look, you know, some of them are like the happiest people and, and, you know, they don't have all the worries that we do. And it's like, well, you know, that's their, that's just kind of how they're, they're, they're set. And it might make sense because, man, it probably makes sense if you're a happy person and you're able to, to be an optimist in a third world country, you probably have a higher chance of survival and attracting a mate and doing things like that. So, you know, you may just, you may have some genetic component to happiness in some of these areas. But, uh, the point is, is that the, you know, third world problems and first world problems, it doesn't matter which ones you're experiencing. Eventually you're going to come to your own happiness set point. And so like seeking happiness has more to do with, like what you're doing within those circumstances and like it's more the process so like if you set a goal it's not the achieving of the goal that makes you happy it's ticking off each of the steps towards that goal like that process each time you tick off a step you're like yeah i did it i'm getting closer to my goal yeah i did it you achieve the goal it's almost like a relief like okay you know i set out to do this and i did it it's not like you know, very rarely is it that big, like, yeah, I'm just totally happy and my life has changed. I mean, we joke about this all the time, man. People win world champs and they wake up the next day and it's like, bills are still there. Yeah. Like, nothing's really changed. Or you get a belt promotion, whatever it is. It's like, it's not it's not the goal. You, you achieve that goal, you wake up the next day and it's like, Shit's nothing's saved. really changed. So that's not what makes you happy. It's not the achieving the goal. It's the process that you go through to achieve the goal and so, but also just recognizing that you have your own kind of set point with where you're at and yeah, you can improve it, but it, it, on some level it is what it is. Like achieving happiness isn't this like, oh, you know, this person is super happy. So I want to be like them. It's like, you know, not necessarily like their happiness set point. Maybe, you know, if you want to call it that maybe higher than yours. Like what you're trying to do is make the best of where you're at. Because if you're trying to achieve a happiness set point that's way out of the range of what yours is, it's it's probably not going to happen. And then you're just going to get frustrated in the process and think that like, well, fuck, I'm not achieving happiness. And it's like, fucking don't worry about that. Just set goals. Figure out how you're going to achieve those goals and then enjoy the process. Like understand like that's the happiness is this, this struggle Bring back to the last podcast. It's the struggle towards those goals. It's not the goals themselves. So, anyways, that's why first world problems and third world problems, while they're not the same on the surface, you know how you deal with them is going to be fundamentally the same. So it's kind of a bullshit it, argument. It is a bullshit argument. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day because no matter where, what station you are in life, you're where you're born or what situation you're in, you're there's always going to be problems. You're just going to have them. You know, that's just the way fucking life goes. And, and yeah, it's, I mean, you hear, there is, I mean, there is the, 
the negative fucking people that bitch about everything. And that's a different, you know, scenario. Yeah, like I, but I'll bet they exist in every culture. They exist in every... I'm sure they do. Like every, even in third world. I, third world. Sure you got people who just I'm bitch sure, about everything. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's a group of guys sitting around hanging out and like, oh, fucking Frank over there. He's always bitching about his rice, you know? <laughs> you know Nothing's good enough for that Nothing's motherfucker. Nothing's good enough for him. We're happy we got rice and this guy's fucking bitching about it, you know? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. Yeah, you know, I work with a few guys like that and I always joke... There's just one fucking guy. I can't. I mean, I, I try to avoid these guys like the plague because they're, they're just negative, dude. And, and anything that comes out of their mouth is just bitching and negative. And I always joke. There was one one uh, one day this guy was bitching about something. I was like, man, I was like, you are the type of motherfucker that if you were to win the lottery, you would bitch that you had to go pick up your money. You know what I mean? Like you, they're not gonna deliver it to you, motherfuckers. And you would have, you would throw a shit fit because they're not gonna deliver it to you or something. You know what I mean? They. It's like I can't even fucking surround myself with people like that. Yeah, it's it's I, just I don't think I mean my happiness set point I don't think is probably real high. I, like I'm just kind of more of a I wouldn't say I don't want to like label myself stoic, but I'm not like a happy, giddy, go lucky person. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of try to stay fairly even keeled and not want to murder people, and that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. I, most people. That's the that's the funny thing too. Is again something from that book is like most people's. Uh, they have a negativity bias and it makes sense from a evolutionary standpoint and all that stuff to have a little bit of a negativity bias to always, you know, try to, to your, cause if you're happy and you're satisfied, you're not driven to do shit. So that's the balance, right? Like what if, if you take that away, um, you know, what's the, why do you want to do anything? And it's kind of been like one of those arguments with like the AI shit, right? It's like, well, okay, if they don't have any emotions, like what the fuck is their, why are they going to do anything? Why are they going to be motivated to do shit? Like, cause your, your, your emotions pretty much motivate you to, to do the stuff. So it, uh, yeah. And you see it in my experience anyways, through all the different jobs I've had and the different groups of people I've been around, <clears throat> like most of the real negative people are not your healthiest people in no. any way, shape, or form. They, they use, I've seen it a couple different iterations of it, but two of the most common ones is the guy's either super overweight, you know, just fucking fat and lazy and just bitching about everything, or he's like the skinny fat, you know what I mean? Just unhealthy the other direction. Yeah. Like super scrawny, never work out, usually a smoker, you know, just angry at the world. You know, drinking himself into an oblivion every weekend, coming back to work on Monday, bitching about the world, and just repeating the cycle over and over again. And and, and but both of them generally are like super negative. And the, the reason I bring that up is because that shit's it's connected, man. It's all fucking, it's all part of it. Like being healthy physically will help you be healthy mentally. Yeah. And and for you to try to separate the two. It's foolish. Yeah, you can't do it. They go hand in hand. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what's good about jujitsu too, because it gives you such a great physical and mental stimulation. You know, when you fight, volume and everything else gets turned way down. There's a lot of stress involved too. I mean, people are just stressed out. When you when you view the entire world around you is a giant threat, right? And like everybody's an asshole. Everybody's out to get you. There's it, it's it's a stressful way to view the world and it's not fun 
and but you know unfortunately just people don't know any better you know like no like we just we people don't get taught this stuff they don't get taught these the concept of i mean the, the core concept he talked about on the interview but the core concept of the whole happiness hypothesis is the the analogy uh of the elephant and the rider how like your subconscious mind is this elephant and, and your conscious mind is this rider and they're not they're they're separate but they're not separate you know it's and they got to learn how to work together but just understanding that um and you're at the mercy of basically what amounts to an elephant and if it gets going in a direction and the rider just sits there and does nothing the right the elephant's not going to stop itself it's going to keep blasting in that direction and so if you have this negativity bias which most of us do and you aren't taught that like look man that's normal like you're not a bad person, you're not abnormal, everyone deals with this, no one is born knowing how to deal with this shit, we all have to learn how to do it, and here's how you do it, um, which is basically try and break, you know, we talk about all the time, you gotta break those cycles, those thought patterns, and, and, and put something more positive in their place, and that's basically the rider trying to slow that elephant down and get it turned in another direction, and but if you if you've never been taught that it's like how do you how do you begin to like but figure you, out how to cope with that shit? You, think, you know, I, I agree with you because I think there's a lot of people that don't realize they're basically riding an elephant, so to speak. Right. You know, to use that, most people. They think they are the elephant. They think they are the elephant. And you you, you made the statement that unless they're taught that, how do they know that? But then I, so I start thinking back to myself. You know, not saying I'm some fucking enlightened individual. But Howard, I, I can't put my finger on like somebody telling me this shit or me coming across something that put me on the path to start trying to learn to understand myself. Like I, I don't have like a specific person that pointed me in that direction or a specific incident that was a catalyst for it. Like I honestly, I don't know. Yeah. What? Why I started doing it, like thinking about that or becoming aware of it. Yeah. Because a lot. Man, it really makes me wonder. I, I started. I maybe it came from like a place to like trying to, like be just a better human being. Maybe it's maybe that was like through lifting weights or you know ultimately jujitsu. Because then you start recognizing patterns of like things you do, and then you start paying like, why did I do that? Because you'll 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 perform an action, you'll do something, and then hindsight, you're like, why in the fuck did I make that choice? And you start thinking about it, and then you, so then you realize like, man, that's just that's just my habit. I don't even realize some of these choices I make, and they just fucking habitually just happen. And I'm just kind of at the whim of all these bullshit fucking subconscious thoughts and thought patterns and habits. And until you start thinking about it and really like going through that uncomfortable stage of like really analyzing yourself and why you do shit. Yeah, I guess it's a weird thing, man. Like I, how does somebody come across, you know, start learning how to do that? Like my parents definitely didn't teach me that. And I don't fault them for that. You know yeah. what I mean? They, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. That was a bunch of rambling that probably didn't make any no, sense. No, 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 man. Well, I was trying to sort those thoughts out in my head. <laughs> I'll throw, I'll throw two things out there. Um, cause I think that I had kind of similar, uh, exposures is, um, man, pee pee, pee pee, people will poo poo on it. 
And PP on and it, too. And PP on it, too, I guess. So, but, man, uh, Christianity, in general, challenges you to control your thoughts on some level, to look at yourself, to, you know, not be jealous, not be angry, don't judge people. Uh, you know, so there's... It, it, it is it's an exposure it's like hey like you should be able to control your thoughts like someone makes you angry you should be able to not get angry at them or you know really like the big one is don't judge people don't be a hypocrite and try and put yourself in other people's shoes before you start uh casting a whole lot of stones at people so you know that there and then also just martial arts like being exposed to martial arts. I mean, I, I think, you know, you you were exposed to martial arts pretty young. No, well, yeah, at the age of five. Right, yeah, exactly. So just, again, like the martial arts in general recognize the mind-body connection and that if you can't control the mind, you're going to have a hell of a time controlling the body. And you have to be able to discipline yourself. You have to be able to... You know, there, there's things that you do. And so, like, intrinsically, you start to try to figure out how do I tame my mind? Because you realize, like, your mind is holding you back from performing. And especially when it comes to competition and or, you know, high pressure situations like testing or sparring or whatever. Like, every, every, every martial art has some sort of high pressure situation where... Your mind can fuck you over. And so really what you're testing is not your physical ability to do this because you've done thousands of reps. It's your mental ability to put it together. So I think that those two influences uh, kind of, you know, get your mind going in that direction. And so, but then where it goes from there as far as like, just, oh, wow, this expands past this to like, I keep fucking up with, you know, certain things in real life. And so how do I fix that? Um, but, but that's something that unfortunately I think that like Christianity in general, I think is, that's not the message that they get out to people. It's definitely not the, I don't ever remember receiving that message. Like the thing that drives me nuts is the Bible is about you judging yourself. It's not a book to allow you to judge other people. And then, but that's not, everyone uses it as a book to look at and go, here's these fucking rules. Are you living up to these rules? Nope. Well, guess what? You're going to hell. It's like, that's not the point. That's not what, like, if you ever actually read the fucking Bible and you read the New Testament, what Jesus said, he never said to do that. Like, over and over and over again, it was like, mind your own fucking business. Worry about the log in your own eye, asshole. Don't be a hypocrite. Like, over and over and over again. And, like, never once was he like, hey, you see someone who's fucking up? Go get him. <laughs> like, he did not, he, he was not part of the call-out culture. Like, at all. It was not his deal. Like, at all. And it fucking pisses me off, man. Like, honestly, like, the shit that gets misconstrued as, like, what Jesus taught. And it's, like, the way that it gets fucking totally manipulated to give people a justification to feel superior and judge other people. It's fucking madness. Because it's not what it is. And if you actually use it for what it is, it's really powerful, good shit. But, you know, anyways. I mean, no, that that is not my experience with it at all it wasn't mine originally either you know and it it turned me off so much from it at a young age that i never until you know in the past few years of my life never opened my mind back up to it yeah i was so turned off by it because to me it was very judgmental us versus them us versus and it was like it was so hypocritical 
Yeah. Like, I saw so many people that were balls deep in Team Jesus and completely fucking up in their own life. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't a good No, no, no. Dude, but I love know, it. That's but, great. But, but you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I saw so many people in my life like that that were just Bible thumpers, go to church two, three times a week. Like I say, balls deep in Team Jesus. But their personal life was in shambles. And I, I couldn't make the connection as a kid. I remember, yeah. you know, young teen, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, up, you know, finally when I got to the age of about 15 or 16 is when I was like, I was like, that, I'm out. And I was, I put up a physical fight. Literally, I was willing to fight my mom and dad. Like, I'm not going anymore. Right. Like, I, we will scrap right here now. I am done with this nonsense. And you guys aren't polluting my brain with this fucking shit anymore. And, because yeah, to me, that was my experience of it. I was like, what is going on? Because I saw, and yeah, it, it turned me off. And then, until, like I say, until a few years back, I started to come around like, oh, okay. That was just the way it, the message was given to me. Yeah. You know, that that really wasn't, maybe I took it wrong. Maybe they, somebody was trying to give it to me properly and I just wasn't open. That's always to, a possibility, man. And, and yeah. I wasn't able to receive it, you know, because I was such a knucklehead, which is very possible. And, but I don't know. It's Yeah, it is a shame because there is a lot of good lessons to be learned in it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I had to go back and start re-reading it again through kind of new eyes and yeah, realizing just... like, whoa, like, yeah, like there's a lot of really good stuff here. And if you actually read, especially to me, like the thing that I find interesting, like if, if you're a Christian, like the whole point of, of the whole point is like you're a a follower of Jesus Christ. Like it's what the, the, the name implies. Christian is like that's that's who you're 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 professing to follow. And so okay, so Jesus Christ was here and Jesus, you know, uh the we got the four gospels, like and, and then you got some of Acts and what but you pretty much got the four gospels, which is like that's the account of what Jesus came and did and said. So it like Reading that, reading them, like starting in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just reading from beginning to end, you start to realize like, holy shit, there's a story here. It's a really interesting story. And there's patterns to what's going on and being said and, and how this is playing out. And it's really interesting. But you don't get that from the usual way of studying the Bible, especially in church, which is whereby I open their Bible to... Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 through 10. <laughs> We're going to read that now. Turn to Galatians 5, you know, chapter blah, blah. And it's like, and it's just this like fucking, what they're basically doing is they, they come into it with a point they're trying to prove. And then they start giving you scriptures that back up their point. Like that's kind of how studying the Bible is usually approached. And even like getting books. Like this book is going to tell you how to lead a better life. And so look at these. This is how I think you should lead a better life. And, and here's the, the fucking scriptures that back that up. And that's totally different than sitting down and saying, all right, we're going to read Matthew chapter 1. Now what does that say? What did you get from that? Like, you know, like, and, and then let's read all of Matthew from beginning to end. Let's have like a book club thing. Let's just kind of discuss like, well, what's going on in the story, each chapter here. We're not trying to prove anything. We're not coming into the discussion with a point to prove. 
we're reading a story, and then we're discussing the story. That's totally different than what and than how it's usually approached. But when you do it that way, you start to see like, wow, there's this totally different thing here than what I thought was there. And again, maybe I missed it as a kid, but just the way that it's usually approached does not like it. You can't come at it the same way. You can't come at it with this like chopped up version of the Bible trying to back up your points, and also see it from like this. Let's read the story. And let's discuss the story. It, the, the, those two things are incompatible with each other. And this were like, this shit just doesn't work anymore. Because I believe orig- like Christianity in this shit was originally the former. It was like, let's discuss this stuff. Let's have an intellectual discussion about these things. Because again, if you read, especially like the Gospels and how Jesus handled things, he asked a lot of questions. He was very, like he led a lot of Socratic discussions basically. It wasn't like statements. It was like, well, what do you think? Really? So what you're saying is this? Huh. So what you're saying is this then? Okay. Very good. It's like, or he dropped some fucking knowledge on him. Like, hey man, you guys are wanting to fucking kill this chick. Let he without sin cast the first stone. Okay, you guys profess to believe this. This is what, this is coming from your own religion. I'm just throwing it out there. So with that on the table, get after it. Right? And it's like, that's a totally different way of of coming about this stuff than how it usually is. And it's just, I find that it's, it's insulting to the, to the knowledge and the wisdom that's contained in that book, just what it's been turned into and how it's viewed by most people. So anyways, there you go. I got a feeling this is like the first conversation of, the cult that we're going to start. <laughs> we'll be asking for donations. To build our first church. To build our first church. Become tax exempt. Yes! I think this is where dude, it all, Scientology. This is where this it is all the beginning. starts. This is the beginning. This is part of it. Dude, this is the long con. This is the I don't beginning. believe a word I just said. It's just part of the... This is the beginning, buddy. We're setting the groundwork. So when we go to apply for the... The tax exempt status, we can point back. James say, is sitting here with a captain's hat on. <laughs> it's just like L. Ron Hubbard. Yes. Get <laughs> some medals. Medals. You have medals no idea, bro. T-shirt. No idea. We're getting a magic school bus. <laughs> yes. The beginning of it. So, Jiu-Jitsu and Jesus. <laughs> That's it. Jiu-Jitsu. There's got to be some sort of homogenation that where we can put together. Jew Jesus. No, that doesn't work. Jeez, Jitsu. Jeez, We'll figure it out. Yeah. So. We'll figure it out. Send you guys a PayPal link. Yeah. Donate. So, anyways, there you go. Random <laughs> fucking discussion there. I don't know how we got there. I don't know how we got there. But another, let's go down to the third rail subject. Yes. So, <clears throat> I went to Denver yesterday. And uh, after my MRI... I walk over to one of my favorite Middle Eastern places to eat. You know, it's a busy time. It's Denver on a Friday afternoon. This restaurant's over by the Capitol. Yeah. So it's a busy time, you know, lunchtime. And I'm sitting there eating lunch by myself and just fucking look, people watching, just looking around at all the people. And there was, man, it was was disturbing to me. And I don't know if this is just a big city thing or I I don't fucking know what I was seeing. (laughs) But so late. First of all, <coughs> there was so many people in there. And I'm not, we're talking, we just talked about not judging people. I'm not judging. 
but I'm observing. <laughs> there was so many people in there that were like, I could not necessarily tell if it was a guy or a girl. Not on first take. Like I had to watch for a second. Like, is that a man or a woman or a boy or a girl? Like, quite a few people, you know, in our little... Way more than one person. Right. Way more. <laughs> Way more than one person was confusing to me. And I, I never had a time in my life did I ever notice this before. Like, what what is going on in society? And then, so then they, I was like, all right, we're going to teach his own. You know, if you want to, I don't, fuck it, I don't care. But then I had to look around. And I, so not only I was there was so many people that could go either way, you know, like, well, whatever. And then, then I look around at all the guys in there. You, that you could clearly tell with guys. And most of them are just so fucking... There was, a lot of them were like very fe- feminine acting or just fucking soft. And I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? You know, because then I start thinking, okay, let, let's just say I'm just bored. I'm sitting there watching people, right? Waiting for my food. Like, what? Somebody set Tyler Durden down in the middle of yeah. fucking a bunch of normies. I'm, yeah, I'm like, what if shit just pops off in here, right? <laughs> And shit just gets western. We got to fucking, we got to scrap or something, you know? <laughs> yes. And so then I'm like, I'm like all right, who, who am I going to pick? Who's, who, who needs to be on my team? You know what I mean? Who, who need, like, and i like, dude, there was only a couple of dudes in there that I would have been like, all right, man, we need to fucking team up because we need to fuck up the rest of these people. <laughs> the rest of them, I'm like, they're useless. Right. They're fucking useless. They're going to be weighing me down. They're going to be fucking slowing me down. Like, here. Hold my shit. Why are you going to fuck this dude up? <laughs> you know? And it was just, just so disturbing to me. Just looking around how soft everybody was. And then how like ambiguous or what's the word? Androgynous. So yes. many of these people were. I'm like, what is this world coming to, man? Fucking patastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I thought about. Saturday Night Live fucking Pat. Like, yes. what am I looking what at? What am I looking at? Operation Confirmation. Fucking all. <laughs> All day long. So I don't know. Like I said, each is on. I'm not hating on them for it. But, yeah, I don't know. It's confusing to me. Yeah. Well, it's definitely interesting times. It is interesting times, man. I mean, you know, Denver in particular, I mean, that's not one of the most conservative uh, places on the planet. So you've got, got it's definitely leaning more towards the liberal side of things. And so, um, Definitely got that going for it, which, uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. You know what it is. It's just, it's a weird time in society. It is. It's just like, especially for, for, uh, for dudes, for men. It's just. Yeah. yeah, I honestly felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb. Oh, you're a Neanderthal. Yeah. I was out of place. Yeah. Really? Legitimately. Some of the chicks were fucking pissed off that they were attracted to you. I don't know if that. No, 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 dude. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. Like, because there's something about a real dude. Like, I, I, like, they hate to admit it. Like, but there is, and you know, there, you definitely there were some dudes there who were wondering why you were there. It's like, but they might have been a little turned on too. Could have been. That's okay. I was just there here eating some good Middle Eastern. Food, I know, man. man. I know you're just trying to fucking eat some I'm Trying food. to eat my fucking Euro and bounce. You're, you're caught in a social justice warrior like nightmare. I was. Like, I was I was just shaking my head, man. Like what? I just didn't know. Yeah, there I mean I I just think that that's uh <clears throat> it's it's probably a 
big city, especially liberal. I think, I think that's what it big is. Big city thing. Liberal big city thing. And then I, yeah, then I, I took an Uber there, and then it was a super nice day, so I walked back. It was like a three, four mile walk back to where I had parked. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I want to explore the fucking city. You know, if I got to walk through a little bit of the hood, and I'll walk through a little bit of the hood. It's nice. In the middle of the day. Yeah. You know, it's not like being back in Flint or Detroit. Right, right, And I yeah. didn't even have to. Was, I mean, you, you're over by the Capitol. You see a bunch of weirdo bums and homeless people. Just people protesting random shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read the signs, but they were out there pissed off about something. I don't know. And, uh, and uh, but it was interesting walking because like, I left that part of town and then I walked through basically like a little working class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get to see a big part of the city as on this walk, man. It was, it was kind of cool. Yeah, so I walked through like a working class type neighborhood and that spits you out into this historic district to where it starts getting ritzy. And it spits you out, yeah, and it spits you out into a park, a really nice park. Yeah. And I stroll through that and then it kind of puts you back to over where I, in like Cherry Creek over area, which is high end. Yeah. You know, but it was just like, I went from, I just was sitting there observing that, like, all right, I need to just walk. <laughs> yeah. Cities are interesting, they man. They are, man. They're Dude, you get a couple blocks, and all of a sudden, it's a different world. It was. It, I, it was, a, like, I walked through, like, three different worlds, so to speak. Yeah. From where Pretty I, much. From where I started to where I ended up. Yeah. And, and you could clearly tell. There was, like, almost like a hard line to where I left one and entered another one. Yeah. And, and yeah. I wasn't even on hallucinogenic drugs. I was just huh. seeing all this in real time. Yeah, it's interesting. It is super interesting. Cities are interesting places, man. I mean, hey, it's people. We were not meant for that shit. Mm. I mean, I'm, I think it's there's good things about it. I think it's you know definitely got a lot of positives, but that is just hard, like mentally hard to deal with that many people. I remember living in Southern California one time and having the epiphany that I had to drive like two to three hours to get out of the people. You know what I mean? Like, like it was just, it was solid fucking people for two to three hours, at least in every direction. And, you know, you're living down there in like the, you know, San Diego, LA area and that shit just spreads north and south forever. You got an inland and it's like, and I, I started to feel a little claustrophobic. It was weird. Like I had a mental shift when I realized that like, dude, this is just not normal. I it's should not. be closer to open space. I should be able to get to like not people in less than three hours of driving. So it, it is a totally different mindset. You have to, you know. I, I do say though that as I, I could, I could, I could live in a big city if, if I could set my life up to where I could walk or ride a bike to almost anywhere I needed to go, or public transportation, you know, trams, buses, trains, whatever the yeah. case may be. I'd be cool with that because just you know. There's like a certain energy when you go into a city. Yeah. Because all the people and activity, like it's, it's kind of cool. And part of me misses it a little bit, you know, as I was strolling through, like, you know, I, I kind of dig it. You know, right. Just, there's activity. There's just shit going on. And there is. There's a certain energy, a certain vibe. And different parts of the city have different vibes to it. And you know, I kind of dig that. That changed drastically when I got in my car to drive home, <laughs> and I got stuck in bumper to bumper traffic for fucking two hours straight, just yeah. try, just trying to get out of the city. And I thought I was beating it. Like I was trying, I tried to get out of the city at like three o'clock. I think like, everybody else is trying to beat it at three o'clock. Everybody else thought the same thing on a Friday afternoon, head out into the mountains at three o'clock. So yeah, literally, like, the first two hours of that drive was just 
bumper to bumper, just slow creep. Madness. Ma- and I, yeah, yeah, dude. I like. And you realize this is somebody's every day. So, yeah, dude. I was about to lose my shit. <laughs> like, I was literally about to fucking snap. I'm like, oh my God, how can you? Because there's nothing you can do about it. No. You're fucked. Yeah. You just, you got to get to where you're going. No. And this is the only, this is the road there. And all four lanes are fucking three lanes of bumper to bumper. And you don't want to start playing the magic lane game. Like, oh, that lane looks like it's moving faster. <laughs> that <laughs> game sucks. That game sucks. Because it's, it's not going to win. No, no. You, you all, all that. that way, you. 10% of the catchy. time it might work. Maybe. 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 No, no, I know, man. It's hallucination. It's, it's hallucination. <laughs> yeah, I even I've had it work once, dude. I remember. I started playing. It was legendary. Little, I started playing a little bit and I caught myself. <laughs> It's hard not to. It is hard. I do that too. I'll I'll play it like for a minute and then I because well because then you'll trick yourself into it. You'll you'll like a car. It will go by you like something that sticks out, like some sort of pickup or something. And and then you see it way up there. You're like, man, that fucker's going so much faster than me. (laughs) And so you trick yourself into like that lane's better. That lane's better. I gotta get in that lane. You get in that lane, and next thing the one you know, the lane you just got out of starts hauling ass. You're like, motherfucker. So it's an illusion. It is an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, I know, man. It's it's tough. I've, I, we went back and forth. That was a bit where Kayla and I were thinking about trying to move back to Southern California because that's where we met. I mean, it's a nice area. Yeah, that's why there's so many goddamn people there. Yeah, there's just too many goddamn people. And they're like off the rockers now. Like, it's just like California has just gone so far left since the last time I was there. Like, it's just so expensive. It's, it's, just, it's not the same too. place, man. Like, literally, like, I could, I mean, Denver's a cool fucking city, man. There's so much shit to do there. Yeah, Denver's a cool city. And you still have all the mountains easy access. Yeah. If you're like, James, you have to live in a city. Like, I'd, yeah. I'd probably yeah. pick Denver, man. Yeah. I think it's it's really unique that way. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool as shit. But again, it's, it's like that, too. Because it's expensive as shit nowadays. Yeah. Again, if you got to drive around, fuck that, dude. Yeah, it's also good in theory, and then yeah. you get into the practice of it, and you realize, like, dude, this is a fucking grind. This is a grind. It's a grind. There's a lot of good stuff with it, but there's a grind there's associated a price to pay. with yeah, it. There's, yeah, there's a price to pay for it. So, that's why I stay on this side of the hill yep. most of the time. I don't really get over to Denver very much. I remember that, like, when I was doing more mountain bike coaching, people would always ask me, like, oh, when are you coming to Denver? And it's like, never? <laughs> what the fuck am I going over there for? Like, I have way better trails over here. Like, just if we're talking, like, coming somewhere to ride, like, you need to come over here and ride. And two, like, have you looked around how many people there are? Like, like what is my motivation to drive over there? Especially anything mountain bike related. Like, yeah. can I please go over there and fight with a bunch of pissed off fucking trail users? No. So, yeah. It, it, but, but people from Denver are like, it was like, wait a minute, what? Like, you don't like just make a pilgrimage to Denver on a regular basis because it's the big city and you just come here like for shit all the time. And I'm like, no. Well, I bet at one point in time, I well, I guarantee at one point in time that was kind of the routine <laughs> because there wasn't shit out here in Grand Junction. Yeah, well, the trails have always been the trails have always good. been, but yeah. you know, for normal everyday living, like you well, know, people and, just think like if they live in the big city, like everybody wants to come here. Like, wait a minute, why do you not want to come to Denver? Like, why would you not want to come here? This place is too many fucking people. Exactly, exactly. That's why I said it was weird. Like, I started to realize, like, I was probably one of the first people who'd ever just told them straight up, like, never. Like, I don't want to go there. 
and you could tell there was like some wires crossing. Like, what, what do you mean? Why not? And I started to realize, like, wow, like they don't get it. Like, like for some people, that environment is uh, terrible, like off-putting, stressful kind of thing. So, but if you're, you know, again, people that were born around it, you know, you're raised I mean, you get it, used, you're used to, it. to it. I'm not. It's if, if you like it, if it's your jam, I, I totally recognize. Like, it's it's definitely a personal thing. It is for me, but for just yeah, me personally, man, I definitely. I'm like, man, that's 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 why I like that. There's a whole mountain range between us and Denver. That's why I live on this side. So keeps all those people over there. But it used to be even better when I first moved here. Barely anybody came out here to ride. Now it's like fucking the circuses in town. <laughs> so I'm so scared to go out on the trails, like because it's so like, muddy. Oh yeah, I bet it's wet as <sighs> shit right now. Well, it's that. And like people don't wait. Yeah. People people ride when they shouldn't. I like, man, I and that just tears it up. It huh? is yeah, it tears them up. It's not good for the trails. But you get people who are, it's like that's all they do. So or they they came here for a trip or whatever. It's like fuck, it, I don't care. I'm gonna go out and ride. So, but uh, anyways, Mother Nature has a way of taking care, taking of, care of the well those people too. <laughs> I'm at the trail. Oh, I thought that's I mean, like you know, I that's where you're going kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> she does. I was like, man, this, yeah, we got mountain lions and shit. Hey. It'll sort them all. Coyotes and whatever. Coyotes, yeah. vultures. Yeah, no, not quite that. No, but I don't wish that on people. No, that's. Hey, that dude killed the mountain lion. I wonder. Did, I wonder if he got to keep it. Like, dude, if I if I killed a mountain partially lion, eaten mountain lion. Fuck yeah, I'd have that bitch stuffed in my living room. Or I don't know. Would you stuff it? And keep it in your living room, or would you make a cool ass hat out of it or something? I just would want the teeth to make a necklace. That'd be Give cool. Give me the move. fucking teeth. That'd be a cool fucking move. The, or the, the teeth and the fuck, the claws. Ooh. All the sharp make shit. Make a badass back stretch out of the claws. Yeah. That's what you want. You want the, the necklace out of the claws, and you got the two the fucking fangs that you can make into a back scratcher. Or the claws, I don't know, man. Those claws will probably tear you up. Ah, you can file them down, hit them with That's true. That's true. So you can scratch your back without <laughs> not tearing your shirt. Tear your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a family heirloom. Grandpa killed a mountain lion. Make Grandpa this back scratcher. <laughs> You'd have to. I do. I, I do. If I killed the mountain lion with my bare hands, I would definitely have some goddamn memorabilia for it. Something, dude. <sighs> Yeah, besides a scar and a good story. <laughs> you, know, you got to have something cool to go with it, man. Yeah. Hat. Picture star, with it. Picture with it. <laughs> something. Post it on Instagram. <laughs> Get a bunch of fucking hate. <laughs> it's not like he went out hunting it. He was protecting himself. Man, you know what, though? You know there's some crazy motherfuckers that'd be like... You were in you, his... You, you were, were in his territory... And I wish he would have won. He should have killed you. You you should have been able just to fend him off and let him go. You were in his territory. You should have just opened your jugular to him. <laughs> you should have just laid down and showed your belly. Lay down and showed your belly. Because <laughs> you were in his territory, man. I know there's a lot of hippie motherfuckers. Do you really think? Do you really think there's somebody out there that... Do you really out? think there's not? Do you think <laughs> there's not somebody extreme enough to believe that there is no reason to kill an animal under any circumstances, including self-defense? God damn it, you're right. <laughs> but I want to think that there's not. I, I do too. You know what, like, I understand, man. You shouldn't just go out and abuse animals. No, I'm not saying that. And you shouldn't go out on your jog, you know, like, 
tying a T-bone to your leg, trying to draw him out. I'm not saying this either. Female mountain lion urine. Yeah. <laughs> You're not trying to purposely fight these mountain lions. <laughs> I mean, I would... I don't know. I wonder if he has received some hate, you know, via fucking Twitter or something from super, some super crunchy granola. Wow. Hippie motherfucker. I'll bet he has, maybe. I'll bet somebody's throwing that out there. Mountain Lion should have won. Like, how hard is that to throw out on Twitter? Fucking Leaf Eater 88, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Leaf Eater 88. I mean, he doesn't even have a name, nothing. I mean, just an egg. Yeah, could it be his best friend? (laughs) (laughs) Leaf Eater 88. His best friend trolling on him. That'd be terrible. <laughs> but, that sounds like our group of friends, though. I could see one of us. Oh, that. for sure. For sure. I, I would totally do that. When you guys <laughs> kill the mountain lion. <laughs> we, we, like, all right, we got to knock him off his high horse. He's getting a little too right. confident. We're going to put up a fucking a, uh, Patreon account or whatever for the mountain lion's family. Family. <laughs> Go fund me. <laughs> for a proper, proper burial. For a proper burial. <laughs> We're going to put 10 pounds of meat out there and leave it. <laughs> However much meat that dude would have would have consisted of, That's we're right. going to buy and put out there. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is, there's probably some assholes out there that think that's not a bad idea. Oh, my God. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, it's the world we live in, man. It is. It's an interesting world. It is an interesting world. On yeah. that note, did you see the Girl Scouts are suing the Boy Scouts? <sighs> it's not actually the Boy Scouts no. anymore either. Did you know that? They're just the Scouts. They're just the Scouts. Because right. they, they're because they can't keep girls out anyways at this point. Right. So they're, they're just the Scouts. They're just the Scouts. But the thing I read trademark is, infringement. Yeah, they're 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 suing. I can't know. Obviously, I'm not a lawyer, and I didn't dig into it a whole lot. But I did see that the Girl Scout organization is suing the Scouts organization because they dropped the name Boy Scouts, and they're allowing girls in there. That it's basically like, basically like stealing some of their business. You know, because the girl, like little girls, don't know who what they should sign up for anymore. Wait a minute. So, yeah, but they didn't want to do it in the first place. They were forced to do it. They're, oh, they're suing them. There's a fucking lawsuit. Oh well, I mean, I hope they win. I, you know what I mean? Like, and and I mean, in all honesty, you wonder if some of the Boy Scout dudes didn't go to the Girl Scout people and be like, "Yo, can you fucking sue us, please, to make us turn back into the Boy Scouts, please? Like, we didn't want to do this. I mean, for my again, I could be totally wrong, but." I I don't I I seem to remember some lawsuits and things like that about the, the that's why the Boy Scouts changed. Like I don't think that they woke up one day and just said, "Hey, we're gonna be the scouts. We're gonna be the scouts, and girls can come in." And, and no, like there had been no fucking nothing, and so like uh, they were kind of pressured to make that change in the first place. Yeah, I, I didn't. I had no idea why they made the change. I'm sure it was some sort of. Social, be, you can't keep girls out. Like social justice warrior yes, shit. You cannot keep girls out. There's just no way. And so, yeah. So, anyways, I, I hope the Girl Scouts win. I, that is hilarious. <laughs> but, but you know what, though? I remember, like, they were talking about, like, with Sam Harris when he was talking with Joe Rogan. He was saying, there's a lot of shit on the left where what you have is you have disenfranchised people banding together because they think that together they're going to be stronger than apart. But when you really boil it down, there's several of these groups that are diametrically opposed to each other. So the women's rights 
groups that say that no, that you can't keep girls out of the Boy Scouts are in some ways diametrically opposed to the Girl Scouts. And, and the Girl Scouts are con consisted of girls and ladies. So it's like, well, they have, as ladies, they have their concerns. So you can't say that you actually represent all ladies when you have this group of ladies over here who's saying, look, what you're doing over here is harming us. Like you're diametrically opposed. You know, he was talking about the transgender and the gay rights. Like if, if you start to get to the point where gender identity is this ambiguous uh, thing that's more of like, well, how do I feel the, about myself than actually like, you know, anything else? Well, it's really tough to, to be gay because gay is like, no, I'm a guy and I like guys. Or I'm a girl and I like girls. Well, guess what? If guys and girls are terms that are like, you know, what does this mean? <laughs> and, you know, he was talking, I remember he gave the example of like one of the guys on one of these councils. It's a guy who identifies as a woman who likes women, as a lesbian. It's a guy who identifies as a lesbian. Say that again. It's a guy who identifies as a lesbian. He's one of the, he, he was. So he, he's a guy. And he identifies as a woman, he, as a woman, and, and he likes and, 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 women. and he likes women. Yeah. So that makes him a lesbian. No, but that's what he identifies as. You know what I mean? Like that's how like crazy this gets. Is like, wait a minute, you're a guy and you like girls. So you're just a heterosexual. So guy. you're not gay. Like what? You know what is going on here? Like, well, you say you're gay because you identify as a woman, and so you're gay because you identify as a woman and you like women. But you're physically a man. You have. A penis there's no gender change it's just you feel like a woman and I like I still like women but I feel like a woman so therefore I'm gay and so that really starts to make it tough to like for actual gay rights stuff because it's like no what is gay like gay is a man who likes a man or a woman who likes a woman and when you start blurring what those things mean, which is what the transgender community wants, you start to undermine their identity arguments. So these two things are not, they're like, they're two disenfranchised groups who are banding together and on the surface seem like they have stuff in common. But when you really boil it down, you start to realize that the more one group succeeds, it actually starts to harm the other group. So what the fuck are you going to do then? Like, and that's the, that's the hole that the left, that, that, that side is burying itself burying in. Himself in <clears throat> is, you know, yeah. So where do you come back from there? Just go practice your arm bars. Just people. go practice your arm bars, Fucking people. Man. God damn it. Speaking of that, let's, let's do a hard, I can't even think about this shit anymore. Hard left. Hard left. So <clears throat> back to jiu-jitsu. This year is ADCC. Because, you know, that is the Olympics of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And it only comes around on the odd years every other year. And they've already had the East Coast trials, West Coast trials. And I, th they had, I think they had, like, the European trials. They've had a few of them. You know, and they have a few trials all year long. They still got the big, they got Brazilian trials coming up. Um, they got a few more. And then the the pinnacle of it is in September. It's going to be, I think it's a, it takes place in California. 
and Seth Seth is out putting on from Fight to Win. Oh, cool! Yeah, he's working with the ADCC guys as you know as part of the event organizer. I don't know exactly what his role is, but yeah. I, I kind of heard through the grapevine that he's <clears throat> he's helping produce it. So it's supposed to be a fucking spectacle. Like they're putting some money and some time into building this event out. Oh, cool! But yeah, it's a so the reason I bring that up one because it's fucking jujitsu. Like ADCC is badass, man. Like, it is the Olympics of jujitsu. There's some people out there that that is. I mean, winning, you know, worlds or this or that, it is cool, feathers in the caps, but ADCC is what they shoot for. Like, you know, Wagner Roach is one of them. You know, he's one of my favorites out there. He's just a grimy motherfucker, dude. I love his jiu-jitsu. But, um, so with the West Coast Trials, you see Nicky Ryan won. Yeah. Fuck, 17 years old. And that's what's cool about it, too, ADCC. There's no belts. Yeah. Just, <clears throat> just weight class. Yep. And I mean, and I think the West Coast Trials is like one of their biggest trials ever. And, and John Combs from Denver, you know, he's he's a scrapping motherfucker. He's good. And he, I mean, a lot of people don't know about him because he's just. I think he got injured like two years ago. He kind of came on the scene and was fucking everybody up. And he he did do a couple really big shows. Like he went to Argentina. What was that show in Argentina? It wasn't Spider. It was. Uh, I can't remember where it was, but it was a big, and he had some fucking badass matches. You know, that was his kind of first coming out party, so to speak, on a real big stage. And but he won his his weight class. And I think I think his division it was like seventy seven kilos or something. I could be off on that, but there was over a hundred competitors in that division. He had to win six matches, you know, to take first and get his invite to ADCC. Yeah. So he won. That was badass. Nicky Ryan won. Same thing. I think he had to win like five or six matches. Submitted everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that old dude's... He's a fucking killer, He's an man. assassin. Yeah. He's getting good. He, well, I mean, his family's like, fuck it. You ain't going to school anymore. Yeah. You're doing jiu-jitsu. I'm doing jiu-jitsu. <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. He'll probably be... I don't know if... Uh, you remember the, the Williams sisters? Venus and Serena yep. Williams? Yep. And like, I don't know. If you aren't... Old enough, you don't remember that, like, Venus was the first one to hit the scene. Like, Serena was the younger sister. No one had even, she was nothing. And, and Venus was this, like, big phenom. And, and I remember, like, hearing on, you know, like, the sports shows, like, their dad saying, like, man, you watch, like, Serena's the coming. younger sister is the better one. And everyone's like, Jesus, like, you know, whatever, you know, Venus is this fucking superstar. And then, yeah, Serena hits the scene. And now she's the one that everybody knows and, and you forget that like Venus was actually the fucking first dawn one but I kind of think man when I watch Nikki <clears throat> I hate to say it man that dude is fucking there's something like how do I put this like when you look at him he looks like a jujitsu savant mm-hmm. like there's some there's something in his brain he's that's going towards jujitsu that the extra I don't, I don't know how to put it in like a negative way. Like I don't like, but I, I think that like he looks like you know that like he's uh, I don't know I don't know how to put it. I'll just say it. like somewhere like falls somewhere on the the, the scale the autism the scale the spectrum, you know very light, but it's like but you see him move and you see the things he does and you just kind of see him like you, you know talk and things and you're like dude this guy is. Yeah, think about jujitsu well, in a really think, interesting way. Well, think about this. Um, look at what he's getting brought up in. I mean, the kid's yeah. only 17. And he's been training with his brother and the Domino Hair Death Squad since, yeah. since Lord knows how long. 
I mean, he could have been on there at the age of 10. We, I don't know when he got started training. But I'm going to speculate, he was pretty goddamn young. Yeah. And so his formative years is to when, he, when he's figuring, I mean, when you go through your t- teenage years, you're really trying to learn how to be a human being. You really don't know, man. It's an awkward time yeah. in your life. Man, I, and, and you're surrounded by these type of people. Yeah, you and, see ten-year-old kids in our gym. How many of them are fucking like really? Like, but they're not. In, they're not Im- immersed in it, right? But because they don't, not, they don't want to be. Like, how many ten-year-old kids want to be? You know what I mean? Like the, the if he was and he is like but, it almost kind of speaks well, to what I'm saying, which right, is right, like I, I he's agree. wired a little differently. Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying, but I guess what I'm getting at is so because I I saw it firsthand because I got a younger brother. He's, my brother's four years younger. Yeah, and any sport. You know, for example, I, I mean, we, he he he's a better athlete than I am. Yeah. But I attribute that to like, for example, like ski racing. We like I got into ski racing, started doing it more seriously around like ninth grade. You know, for what fourteen, fifteen years old, and I've been skiing since like the age of eight. When I started racing around, let's say fifteen. Well, my brother's four years younger, so he sees me doing that. At, oh at the, yeah. At the age of eleven. He's like, oh, my older brother. And, you know, he looks up to me, you know, right. and he's like, oh, my older brother's doing it. This is, must, must be really cool. So he starts taking a serious four years younger in his life than what I did. You know what I mean? So basically, he's got like a four-year jump start. And, you know, so the, my, my parents, you know, I'm not faulting anything, but like my parents kind of make some mistakes and stuff with me as I'm going down pursuing this athletic endeavor. And they see like, oh, we kind of fucked up this with Rob. Let's do this right with Tony. You know, but it's just part of human yeah, nature. Yeah. It just you learn, you live and learn, you make yeah. mistakes, and so that's that's what's happening with Nicky Ryan. Like he's coming yeah. up in his four. He sees, you know, he looks up to his older brother. His older brother's really successful, and he's he's around. I mean, when you're a younger brother, and you you get to hang out with your older brother and his friends, that's cool as fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's really cool. <clears throat> and so, oh man, they're all super deep and super good at this jiu-jitsu thing. This is what makes them cool, and they're letting me be part of it. So I need to be really good at it. You know what I mean? Like it just oh, it, no, forms no, different, yeah. it forms different connections. No, there's definitely like young younger siblings. Definitely like they tend to like walk faster yeah. or talk fast. Like yeah. when you when you've got someone that you're looking at, in and they're you know when you're watching an adult do it, especially it's like it's a different world. Connect. But you yeah. see another kid do it, especially like a sibling, and you're like, because you look he up can to do it, I can do it. You look up to an older sibling, kind of the same way you you have reverence for like an adult. But they're more like you. They're closer to you, they're so closer that you to can you. see yourself doing it. Right. If they're doing it. Right. And so, like, no, I totally agree with that. I just, <clears throat> I think that the, I think the teacher and the student type thing. Like, I think that the Donaher and the way that he thinks and his systems, and the way that Nikki Ryan's wired. Like, I feel like those two it's things. A good mesh. Yeah, because I just, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but when I watch him wrestle. Like, I just, I feel like he's even working through the systems. Like, he's just, it's it's like a fucking, like a chess match, you know? It's like he never, he just is just thinking and always has a fucking answer for it. He knows exactly where he's going. And it's this, like, effortlessness. It's like, whoa, that's weird. He's seeing it different. Yeah, seeing, he's seeing it the different. Matrix. He's seeing the matrix. Yeah. He's seeing the numbers. And even, like, Gordon, like, Gordon's really good. Yeah. But he's still, not, like... Not, not. I don't know. I, I don't see quite the same level of ease with it. And I know he's going up against bigger guys, and it's a little bit different thing. So I know. But I just again, this is just the eye test, man. I, I can't, I can't put words on it. But I'm like, dude, Gordon Ryan's really fucking good. But that Nikki kid is weird with what? how good he is. Like right. weird in a, in a, in like the best way possible. Like yep. 
when you see every once in a while, man, you, like you saying bolt. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you see something and you're like, that's different. There's, it's different. It's different. There's, I can't put well, my finger I, I, on I it. I really think, I mean, it just, it's a matter of the dominoes kind of all being stacked. Oh, those. yeah. You know, Dude, environment and environment athlete and, and coach yep. and everything, everything meets just together. Kind of, it's all just, perfect. Kind of, it's yeah. all just kind of meeting up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing. And yeah. It's going to be exciting because he's, he's growing and he's filling out. And the little kid's looking jacked now. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he doesn't look like a little kid anymore. He's fucking... He's getting bigger. And yeah, when you see the DNA, like, Gordon's yep. not a little dude. No. no so, no. I'm sure Nicky's going to follow that path. Like, yep. He's filling out and he starts getting into his man strength. Watch out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, Watch man. the fuck out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes, uh, for yeah. sure. But, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, probably be like a lot of these guys get going and then fucking transition into MMA. So. And that, unless they can start making some money at it. Yeah, it's hard. I guess, I guess that that is hard because it's not spectator. You know, it's not we've talked about. It. It's but not you know what? There's even a difference between making money and making MMA money. Like True. that's the problem. That's the problem. Because not even like like Pimenta, he makes a living off of jujitsu. Like he makes money, right? But he's but, but he ain't making. But if someone can't prize fighter money, right? You're not making MMA money. No. And so like that's the problem is like you can definitely like doing seminars and privates and coaching and sponsors. Like you can definitely make a decent living as a jiu-jitsu athlete, like probably better than at any other time, you know, before. But, uh, yeah, it's still not, it's not MMA money. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the, the siren's call. Um, and then plus two, just the whole baddest man on the planet appeal. It is a cool appeal. It is a cool appeal, man. It is a cool appeal. But that's like, that's an, like MMA world, we're talking about like, that's where I think like, it's hard if you don't have a little bit of a fighter in you, like, cause you're getting the fucking shit kicked out of you. I mean, it's hard to stay in that world if you don't have a little bit of like, I enjoy fighting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, unless you're just like, you know, like John Jones, just so good that you're able to not get touched and as much and get hurt or whatever. But um, I don't know. That's just, a, well, I think that's why a lot of jujitsu guys don't transition really well. I, it's not so much like a skill thing. I think it's like that that mindset thing. Like what makes a good jujitsu guy? Like I don't know that a, you know. There's definitely good jujitsu guys who I put in that fighter category. Like I mean, Wagner's probably right. one of them. He just likes to fucking scrap. Right. I mean, but uh, I think a lot of jujitsu guys fall more in like the the athlete or artist side of things and and so and then you get into you think you're going to be able to transition into MMA and you get into that and you realize like oh like people it takes a little bit different box I got to live in a different box to to you know mentally to live here and it's just not who they are you know and so it's like easier to just go back to doing jujitsu so not getting punched in the face not getting, not getting punched in the face yeah that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know because it's weird, man. I mean, we see it all, you, you see it all the time. People come in, they're like, dude, you know, BJJ black belts are really fucking good, and it's like the that transition to MMA is like, it's yeah, tough. It's, it's different sport. It's totally different. Totally different thing. Totally different thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's one. That's I mean, it's cool. Like, I, it's it, on, on some level, man. I'm always a little jealous. Like, you got to to do a fight. You know, it's if, if I was younger. Like ten years younger, getting into jujitsu and stuff like that, like it might be one of those things. Like just to do, 
You well, know, like I, just, I, I really believe, I mean, yeah, it's, it's different when you get started jiu-jitsu later, but if anybody who's starting jiu-jitsu at a younger age, you know, early to mid-20s or younger, like, I think for development, your development of jiu-jitsu and to give you a different thought process of it, to have an MMA fight or two, I think it's important. Yeah. I, I really do. And, I mean, I ended up having, you know, six amateur fights. And, and, and bottom line, like I just like jiu-jitsu more, man. Like I, and I don't like getting fucking punched in the head. <laughs> right, it's not fun. Dude. No, getting kneed in the head and punched, kicked in the head and punched, like fucking sucks, dude. And uh, yeah, jiu-jitsu's fun. And to me, that wasn't so much fun. But uh, yeah, but but if you get started later in the game, like you did, I wouldn't advise it. Yeah, dude. I, I, just, I just know. There's no point. No. There's, there's no point. The, the risk-reward is so tipped in one way. Yeah. It's you're, you're, it's not going to... Yeah, it's, I, I don't see... That's like mountain biking, benefit. man. Like I, I've said before, I can't imagine trying to get started in mountain biking at 40. Like, physically, you're just a different yeah. thing, man. Like, mountain biking is the same thing. Dude, you're going to get beat the fuck up. You're going to... Bust things like you have. You have to have a twenty-year-old body to bounce back to take the beatings and bounce back like you need to to get any good. And I, I look at MMA the same way. It's, it's like very similar. Yeah, there's yeah, just that. it's not the same thing, man. And trying to do that, it's just not. It's like I've I've done my. You know, I know it's not the same thing, but it's like you know I've I've had that physically abusive sport that i loved in my 20s and so i don't i know i don't need it anymore man i watched the kickboxers on the other side and you know it's like it'd be fun to do some of the drills and stuff like that but i'm like dude i have no desire to fucking just start wailing on each other punching and kicking and shit it's like nope first time i got popped it'd be like that's it just going to the ground (laughs) taking you down so. We're gonna have a headache tomorrow. Like this sucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, I've had too many concussions and hard sparring sessions and fights and broken noses and broken hands and uh, it's fucking it's it's tough. It is tough. Yeah, kind of gotta like it on on a uh, different level. It is definitely young. It is a young man's game. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I'll watch it. I'll watch. I love it. It's a yeah, great sport. Yeah. I love every minute of it. Yeah. Dude, speaking of which, uh, Velasquez. Uh, Nganu, I think it's tonight or it's this weekend. I'm pretty sure it's tonight because UFC fights are usually on Saturday nights, right? Not mm-hmm. Sunday. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, Saturday. So you sure it's not next weekend? I am almost a hundred percent sure. Isn't there a big one next weekend, like the 23rd or something? <clears throat> no, because the weekend after that is the big show with John Jones and March, like the first weekend of March. Yeah, it's March second or whatever, or yeah, first weekend of March. So. Yeah, I could be totally off on my dates, but who else is on the card tonight? Do you know? I don't know. I but the Velasquez and Ghani mm-hmm. fight is pretty interesting because like both those guys are in a place in their career where like a loss is not very good for uh, this well, is Velasquez's we, first fight in forever, dude. Forever, yeah. If we see a good, healthy Kane. Ngannou is in a world of trouble. I, that's why I'm really, I, I'm really interested to see this fight. He's in a world of fucking trouble. Yeah. Because that dude can't wrestle unless... Unless they fix something really quickly. Unless they fix something in this short amount of time. Like, that dude doesn't know fucking dick about wrestling. Yeah. And he's going to get mollywopped by Kane. But he's got that fucking touch of death in that hand. 
<laughs> if he catches Kane coming in. Yeah. That's what's exciting about those fights. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. That, that's why I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see it. So, the, uh, the first ESPN main event card that they're having. So Is that on straight up ESPN or ESPN yeah, Plus? Just straight up ESPN. I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe on ESPN Plus too. But I know it's just on straight up ESPN. So, my TV's broke though. You, you, don't, you don't have a TV right now? No. No? No. Maybe it's a start. Nah, you, you, you probably uh, can go get away without having a TV. It's you? tough. I mean, we've on some levels, we've enjoyed it, but... How long has it been broke for? Uh, it's like three days. Oh. So, I know I've been lazy about getting it to the repair shop. Are you going to get it repaired or are you just going to buy a new one? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because... They yeah, don't really make these things to get fixed anymore. Not really. Not really, dude. I know, that's the problem. It was funny when Keely called the TV repair guy. Do they, is that a thing still? Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing still. <laughs> yeah, because we had to check it out. And uh, But it was funny that you mentioned that too, because she said he sounded a little salty. And <laughs> I'm sure he is. He was like... He's going to be smoking in your house, dropping his ass. Oh no, he doesn't even like make house calls. He wants oh, me no. to bring the thing to him. And he was saying that uh, apparently he told her like, yeah... Just let me know when you're about to come in. I'm usually here, but I gotta work another job because the TV repair business ain't that great. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I could have told you that. I'm like, yeah, I can see that because yeah, you go into Sam's Club or Best Buy and they got freaking giant TVs for three hundred dollars. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, if that guy quotes me anything more than like a hundred dollars to fix it, buy it's a like, new one. Just go buy a new one. Yeah, so. You want your old one back? You gave no, me one? No, it's fine. I can go without a TV. <laughs> Still works good. I'm sure it does. It, it acts up once in a while. It kind of does some weird shit. But. See, that's the thing, too. Now and now that you're talking to me about it, people, I'm going to talk myself into buying a new TV on the podcast I'm going to talk you into buying one. Well, the thing, too, is it's like a car, right? Like, it's a used car. My, <laughs> my uh, mom and stepdad gave it to me when we moved into the house because they bought a new TV. And so that one was bigger than our other one. And plus, they didn't ask us if we wanted it. It was, you're taking this. So <laughs> all of a sudden, I had three TVs, which is how you That's ended up with one. a TV. I'm like, Rob, you got to take this off my hands, man. You got a PlayStation 4 and no TV. That's sad. Here, take it. <laughs> so and now look at you playing God of War. I'm playing God of War. I'm an enabler. You are. But yeah, so that thing's, I don't know how long they had it. And it's just like a car, right? Like first thing breaks, then something else breaks. So why don't you just buy a new one, man? Might as well just buy a new they one. They got some badass Get TVs out there. Smart TVs. Fuck yeah, big but, one. Yeah, and well, see the. Uh, well, how big a TV you got out there right now? It's like a fifty-five inch oh, or yeah. something like that. You can go bigger than that nowadays. Oh, or I don't you know. go go fifty-five, but just get all the fancy shit. Yeah, I don't really. Dude, it's crazy how cheap bigger. they are nowadays. I know it is. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I know the TV, like the TV I got hanging on the wall out there right now, like you'd repair that all day long, fucking 10, 15 years ago. Not now. It'd be a $1,500 TV. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> Not now. So anyways, good, good for uh, technology getting cheaper, but. You are an enabler. Now I think about that. You <laughs> I am. You fucking. Gave me a TV, so I'm playing more video games and shit, rocking my brain. And then, you got me out of this Fitbit thing, sucked me into social media for about a fucking week and a half. Yes. And I realized, what is going on here? I had a fucking abort mission there. And that was because of you also. Fucking James, man. Yeah. What else was there? I don't know. I'm sure there's something else you fucked me up on. Gucci flip-flops. Gucci flip-flops. 
Never heard of that song. Steve, you got sucked down a whole music rabbit hole that you never knew existed no, thanks the, to that one. The Atward. Yes. There you go. You know, I think you exposed me to that nonsense at one point in time, but I, I did. shunned it. You did shun and, it. And then I came back across and rediscovered it like I discovered it myself. And they, I, exactly. That's how it has to happen. <laughs> I know how it is. I'm the same way. You are the same it's way. like a fucking half guard sweep or something. You're it's stomach like I've been shown it a million times, but then I find it on YouTube or Donnerher says it in a sexy New Zealand accent. You are and all of a sudden I've discovered it. <laughs> That's just like the argument we got in with the circuit breaker at the gym. You were determined to turn off that one circuit breaker. And I was like, James. It's only this one and this one, and you're like, no, is it? I'm like, dude, why would I lie to you about this? Just do those two. Do you know how many times Kevin would come in and yell at me like, who's turning off this fucking third breaker? I'm like, I don't know, man. Well, was just, it me? Because I could. I'll be honest with you. I've only turned off all the light suits breakers because again, we don't have light switches for all the lights at the gym. So you got to know which circuit breakers to turn off. I've only done it like a half dozen times, maybe. Which is why one day I was finally like, ah, oh, fuck this shit. I went and grabbed a marker. And then I didn't realize what happens is, is it's the lights in the front. Right. So you can turn them off through the circuit breaker. <laughs> so when you're at the circuit breaker, you're like, flip, flip, flip. Hey, all the lights are off. Yay. <laughs> so now I understand. It's like the thermostat, you know, whether it's a north or south. Or south. Thermal state. Thermostat. I got to, the way I look at things doesn't always... Mess with the, mess with the, the real world. world, but uh, I figured out. Yeah, I'm, I'm the thing is, is I understand that I'm not gonna fight it, so I'll uh, I'll stop See, flipping a, that one off. Now comes the full circle back to knowing yourself, yeah, taking the time, sort it out, figure out your tendencies. That's right, and accept them. My elephant wanted to argue with you, but I was like, you know. Just I told myself, Rob must know something I don't know, because he seems pretty sure, too. <laughs> and I remember just laughing. Because <laughs> you were arguing with me. I'm like, you And I remember chuckling. I was like, James, why would we argue about this? Like, there's... It's just the circuit breakers, man. <laughs> there's no reason for me to... to, to it was only because I was so sure, because I had spent, like, ten minutes. I remember just fucking rolling. I remember laughing to myself on the drive home after that. I was like, fucking James... I was so sure that uh, because I had spent time training myself that that was how you did it. And I marked it with the markers. And that's why I'm like, look, I got to figure it figured out. I got to figure it out. So there you go. Man. Anyhow. Yeah. Anything else we should talk about? I don't know. Just any like, uh, I think we can end a few Pimenta insights. He was in town training. We were talking about twist, twist. So bum I couldn't train with him more because my fucking knee. Yeah, <sighs> man, it's agitating. Anyways, um, oh, and the fur line D thing—that was an interesting. I didn't get to experience it because I didn't interesting get Interesting play on his part, but yeah, fur on the inside, fur line, like how thick, like how, like it was about as long as my hair. Longer, a little longer, a little longer, man. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't help for you guys listening to this podcast. It's probably like you know, I'd say like a little less than an inch, three quarters of an inch. Really long? Yeah, it was definitely fur. It wasn't like it wasn't like fuzzy. It was fur, and. uh and it was like, it looked like, it was like, you know, dark and light. Like, it looked like wolf skin, man. Like, I swear to God, the funny thing when I grabbed it, I'm like, this motherfucker killed a wolf and lined his ghee with his it. Lined his with it. I'm sure I that's I don't know happened. why. I'm like, that was my first thought. I'm like, he's got wolf's fur on the inside. It must be from a wolf he killed with his bare hands. Yeah. With his mouth cross choke. <laughs> exactly. Killed that wolf. Took it to the seamstress and said, put this in my ghee. 
And just dropped the carcass. It was no good for him, my friend. <laughs> dropped his guitar, dropped the carcass, and said, make it happen. Right. I can totally see Pimenta doing that. Like, in my mind, like, that is totally within the realm of possibility yeah. of him. He's, he, like, he's, yep. he's, he's mythical status in yep. my mind. So, but yeah, but, and, uh, anyways, but as I thought about it, though, it's an interesting play. I mean, if you roll all the time, you know, and it's, it's got to feel better. Well, dude, yeah, it's, it, just think of how often, and I don't, I won't be, never bitch about this, and I never, never have, never will, but just on that note, how often is the back of your neck raw from your gi? Yeah. You get, you're, if you're training all the time. Yeah. But you does. It just gets tore up. Yeah. You go to a scratch back there and you're like, oh, you get in the shower, some hot water hits it. And you're like, ah. But, you know, but you just, yeah. it's just part of the. It's like the only thing I can think of. I can't believe it grants him a performance advantage. Other than just the psychological I, one of like fucking with people. the WTF that goes through your mind first time you reach into someone's collar and you're like, what am I grabbing? So, but that was, uh, that was, that I was never fun. even thought, thought about that. Like your neck getting rubbed raw. So yeah. that helps it. Yeah. I mean, dude, he spends all day in his gi. I mean, when yeah, he's, when he's, all the time. when he's doing That's his all he shit. does. He yeah. just trains all the time. Trains or training people. And so. I could see that. Yeah. So. Huh. I never thought about that. I, I could not put a reason to it. But now that she said that, I guess I could see that. The reason I could, I couldn't ever put a reason to it was. Like anytime I've ever heard somebody bitch about their neck being like raw from jujitsu, like I just write you off in my book. <laughs> what? <laughs> like get the fuck yeah. out of here. That's you gotta figure though, it gets rubbed raw on a different level. Right. When you're training. When you're training that like that much. much. I mean that dude lives in his gi. Yeah. Like, that fucking so that's what I'm saying. They, yeah. yeah. So as much as he trains, like when, that fucker trains. When you see the A two furry as an option as an for a- your next gi top, you'll know what it is. But uh <clears throat> But anyways, yeah, no, but uh, had a private with them. You were at the seminar. Who'd you do the private? You and who? You and Me Kiel? and Kiele. Nice. Yeah, went over, like, said some guard passing stuff, open guard stuff. It's hilarious. I'm trying to explain to him, like, look, how do I keep a wrestler from just running around my guard? It's, like, embarrassing how easy it is for someone to just run around me sometimes. Like, it really <laughs> fucking, it makes me feel like, like, Jesus Christ. Like, as far as, like, this, I, I know nothing. Like, this is ridiculous how easy it is for someone to run around me. And so, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. I know exactly. You know exactly what I mean. If you don't come in at any, like, if, if you stay around and just start running around me, like, it's, eventually I, I stop, I can't keep up, and then you get around me and I'm done. And so, especially wrestlers, like, fucking Brett just comes flying in, grabbing for my head, and it's like, well, fuck, goddamn, what is going on here? And uh, so, anyways, I'm trying to explain this to him. We don't have you know, Nick or Google translator there. Um, so I'm always, I was like, damn it, man, when he wasn't there. Cause, uh, you gotta make sure you're explaining, like you want to explain things correctly so he can answer the right question. That's why I always joke was like, you gotta ask him the right question. question. He will give you the right answer if you ask him the right question. And so, uh, so that was one of my big things. He gave me some good advice there. And again, typical Pimenta, you're like, really? That's it? Okay. Like, I'll do that. But it was, uh, it was interesting. He just basically said like, if, cause my problem is I try to get grips, right? If I get grips, it's not so bad cause I can slow people down. What I really run into problems with is when I don't, when I'm not able to get grips, when I'm sitting there and someone just real quick, like gets a grip and moves. And I realized, well, I'm, I'm making two mistakes. You know, one, when I get a grip, he was like, you got to hop in. Like you can't fall back. Like I tend to get a grip and, and sit back and get in, and, and try to get a foot in the hip and start stretching them out 
He's like, no, you get a grip. Get underneath him. Get underneath him, like a butterfly sweep. Like hop underneath, get those feet up and start, you know, he's like, too much space. He's like, when you fall back or sit back, too much space for them to pass. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then he's like, but when they, when they get a grip first, just fall back. Fall back and throw your legs over your head, basically. And you, you'll be able to use whatever grip they make. If they grab your pants... That'll give you a grip. It gives me... That, that's my grip. Yeah. And it's like I can use that as something, right? Or at least just to keep my leg in front of them. And I realize, like, oh, when they start to go run around me, I'm trying to get a grip and then move. And by the time move. I get a grip, it's too late. And so if they beat me to a grip, I got to move. And it comes back to the test I failed, <laughs> right? Is you just weren't solving the right problem. Yeah. Wasn't solving the right problem. Wasn't solving the right problem. That's why I love Fermenter, that, that, That's all it is. Whenever, you, whenever you're having a problem in a position with Jiu-Jitsu, it's because you were thinking of the wrong problem. You were, right. You were seeing it incorrectly. Yes. You thought problem A was problem A, but really that was like problem yeah. C or D. That's still where I'm at with side control. I'm convinced that like my whole, like I don't, I'm not looking at solving the right problem with side control. <laughs> From bottom side control? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like I know what it's like with other positions. You know what I mean? Like I've seen like, oh, once I understand what problem I'm trying to solve here, the answer becomes self-evident. And man, when I'm in bottom side control and Neon Belly and sometimes it's like, I don't know what the fuck to do, which, and I'm trying to do stuff, but it's, it's not because I really know what to do. I'm just trying to do what I know. And you're just, you're <clears throat> trying to do something. I'm trying to do something. Do, I'm trying to do what I know. I don't know what to do. Right. There's a difference between those things. Yep. And, and so like, I'm, I, that's what I'm, I'm like, I am still trying to solve the wrong problem with this and so like on my mission with trying to figure out like side control escapes is like i'm not trying to add to my you know drill i'm trying to figure out like like i'm looking at solving this problem wrong like even like i know that the side control escape but i'm not really understanding it's like an algebra problem right like i know the answer but you don't know the order of operations exactly i don't understand what the equation is that it's really solving and so I, i i just know the answer and i can throw the answer out there but if you Asked me to explain, like, and show your work. Show your work. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, Kevin, I can't show my you work. Show and then I'm work. just smashed. So, and, but that's, but it, that, that's exactly it. And that's why like, I love talking to Pimenta because I've had some of my biggest aha moments from him where you realize, like, oh, I'm solving the wrong problem here. Once I understand what to do, like, that's why jujitsu is so easy for that guy. No matter what problem you throw his way, he understands exactly what he's trying to solve. You may not even understand what, what you're fucking doing to him. He's like, oh, I know what to do here. Boom. And then it's like, oh, he's doing that. Oh, I know what to do there. Yeah, that was, like you just said, yeah, whenever he comes through, there's always, I don't know if it's always an epiphany, but there's always something major I pick up. And it's taken a minute, taken him coming through a few times for me to kind of understand him as a, as a human. Right. You know, to figure out, because the more you get to know him, and see how his brain works a little bit, the more you can extract from it. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Understand, oh, understand how he thinks. Oh, you, you start better. seeing like, oh, okay. Yeah. I see what's going on here. Yeah, that would, it's like the two big things I really picked up this time were like, yeah, just solve the correct problem. And if you're having, having a little bit of trouble, 
it's not because your technique is flawed, where that, that could be part of it. It's more than likely you're just focused on the wrong problem. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Just solve a different problem. Yeah. And that and the twisting pressure. Yeah, the, the, the twisting. The, the twists that he does. It's hard to explain an audio podcast. I'm not going to even try. But just <clears throat> how he twists and the angles he uses. Very, very rarely is he linear, you know, like in and out. Right, yeah. It's, it's twist. <clears throat> if it is, if he's going straight, it's because he's killed every he's killed. other thing. He's already done the, the, the angles. All the wor- angles then, done all the hard work. And he just needs through. to finish an knee slice pass right. or whatever it is. But it's like, yeah, those. The twist. The, the twist to create the pressure is what's really right. good too. It's not just a bulldog smash pressure, which in my mind, that's how I always see pressure. Like, oh, pressure? I just need to push harder. Yeah. Uh, that's not the case. It's a screwing them in. Screw, yeah, it's like screwing a screw. Screwing it in. It's like a screw, just slowly screwing into that piece of wood. Just yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Just it was funny, man. Just that X guard defense that we were working. Like it just it sums up his jujitsu so good. It was just you know that's where the twist twist came from. Twist twist. Yeah. It's like twist one way, twist the other. I've killed everything, and now I've got to, now I can start putting pressure down, and go from there and. I say in T, like I love, that was one of the things I wanted to work on was using more of the footwork. I, I, I see it as the footwork, but the footwork's basically from the twist, twist. He's twist. twisting and then using his, his position that he gets from, the, from twisting his hips one way to weave his feet in, and then he's able to twist another way, and it's like, before you know it, he's like, beat you with his feet, and there's nothing you can do. <clears throat> and I'm like, I, I just, I love that. Like, and it's, and that, that was why that was important for me to pick up this time. Cause I was always putting, it was, I was confusing the chicken and the egg or the cart and the horse. I, I was kind of, I kind of put the cart before the horse prior to this, his trip here this time. Cause prior to this, I was always just like enamored by his footwork. I'd watch when he was passing people's guards and doing things like I'd watch all the shit he's doing with his feet. And so you try to emulate that, but I was looking at the wrong thing. It's not his footwork driving his hips. It's his hips and the pressure the foot, yeah. are driving the footwork. Yeah. And so I was looking at, I was trying to figure out where, how he, I was, I just put the wrong thing first. Right. It's and funny so, just making that, that. I'm like, oh, yeah. I saw that this time and I was like, ah. Yep. Little light bulb. It's like, it's not a real bright light bulb yet, but there's a flicker there. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I got to explore it some more and yeah, that that was that was exactly my takeaway too, man. Get back to using those those angles, cause yeah, the the passing we were working is all about okay, twist instead of like trying to come in and smash the knees down, just twist one way, back up, clear the leg, twist the other way, come back in, just that easy. And it's like, oh man, all right, I'm, easy. I'm going about this the wrong way this whole time. So, but. Uh, yeah, man, he's such a good. It's so good we get that guy coming through, and it's amazing we get somebody with that skill coming through. Yeah, yeah, and it's good too because he's been coming through so often that he's he he is starting to like learn us a little bit, and so one you know loosening up and having he's, some, he's loosening some up. fun. You can, you can tell he's the, yep. you know, we tend to break everybody down, not not in a bad <laughs> way. I mean, we train hard. We we beat the fuck out of each other. We really do, and we love it. But we always we fuck around like we got a pretty. We're always hard, having fun, we're man. Always have, we're, we're there fun. having fun, man. Yeah. It's what we do for fun. It's what we. It's I mean we do it for a number of reasons, but and so we got a really good vibe and a friendly atmosphere in there. We're always giving each other shit, saying some terribly inappropriate things, <laughs> you know, like all the time. And it's just that's just the way our gym is. And he's figuring that, you know, he's 
Yeah. You know, how many how many times do we train with people to it takes them a while. They first come in, they're just they're kind of stoic. You know what I mean? And they're stone faced and they don't laugh and smile a lot. And we break them down. That's right. And we'll see them smiling eventually. That's right. Like You'll the, see them. Like the two hung dudes, fucking yeah. Chris and George. Yeah. They want to be on our podcast. Chris, do you want to be on our podcast? Yeah, Chris was saying they want to be on. <laughs> I don't know if he really wants to be on for you. He's just talking shit. He's probably just talking shit. Probably. This isn't easy, man. <laughs> you think this is easy. Yeah, that's we, just good. We make it look we easy. We make it look easy. That's right, man. That's I don't know right. if you fuckers are ready for this, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. No, it's funny, though, because they're like, uh, we love those guys, and they're a good example of that, too, yeah. like when they first came. Because you don't know, man. Like, you can, you definitely, this, this can be a little bit of a macho sport. And even though people are usually pretty cool, it's not unusual to run into places that aren't quite as loose and friendly as uh as we are and so you come in and you don't know what to expect you got these guys like talking shit and cracking jokes and you're like what Are these guys for real I, I, so. it makes me happy when i see chris smile i know <laughs> man he i mean he's a happy dude he's not like he a grumpy dude but he's he's, re- he's a little reserved and so yeah, I, I like I like like being able to crack a joke and see him actually laugh and smile. I'm like, yes, I got him, dude. He's always talking shit to me, man. Yeah, he's always he, cracking jokes yeah. on me. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Go <laughs> ahead. Every time I turn around, no, I asked him. I was like, Oh, this is so funny, dude. You're gonna get a kick out of this. It was like a fucking comedy routine, just bump bump type type timing. I'm like, he had done a a private with Pimenta, and then we were doing class. And I asked him, I was like, Hey, man, what'd you ask Pimenta about? He's like. I just asked him about you, dude. It's like, how do I destroy James Wilson? And so he showed me like three or four bow and arrow chokes. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I was like, you motherfucker. Tim was standing right there and just started laughing. So yeah, everybody knows I'm 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 a good bow and arrow choke fucking guy to practice on. Huh? It's because the rigor mortis guard. Rigor mortis guard gets me in trouble. Gets you in trouble with this so, bow and arrow setup. I've been definitely known to get caught in that a few times. So I've gotten reasonably good at getting out of it, but uh, it's not a good it's not a good defense. <laughs> it's not a good like side control defense. Roll to my back and get caught in a bow and arrow. I can get out of this, baby. Solving the wrong problem. I just got to push it to a problem. I know. <laughs> That's what it is. Get out of this fucking <laughs> physics zone. Or, uh, <laughs> I need to go back to addition to subtraction. Yes. I need something simpler. <laughs> Getting out of a fucking choke. So, where's his arm? There it is. Okay. But, yeah. Dude, I, I still swear to you. Side control. Just on, like, last little note. It's, I've been thinking about it. It's so hard because of the mobility that people have. Like, when someone's on a mounted or on your back, like, their hips are committed. Like, you know where their hips are. And, and if someone's on your back and they got their arms around, like, well, you know where a shoulder is. Like, it, you, you have some control. And it's not great, but you know where they're at. And, and so inside control, they just have so much mobility. Like, they've got an arm and a leg and over around your hips, an <laughs> arm and a knee at the shoulder. You know what I mean? And so they've got, like, control of both right, sides. I'm going to stop you. Stop and then you, you start stop. going and they can just move. Just stop. This is what you're fucking yourself up. <laughs> if you go back and listen to what you just said, you just said like, hey, like having someone mounted on you or having someone on your back is so much easier for me to figure out because I know where they're at and they have less mobility. Their hips so, are committed. <laughs> so you're framing it wrong. You're thinking about it completely wrong. You got to say, that thought process is what's fucking you up. I see it. 
there because I see it. I see the light in your eyes. I see. I can see your frustration now because now because I I think about how much time I spend inside control fucking you up, and and now that you explained it to me like that, I can see your thought patterns. Like I I, I see. Because well, you throw in neon belly, right? Uh-huh. Like trying like you uh-huh. like in, in north south north south. And- <clears throat> there's there's just so many options. Like I do this. And there's so many more options for the guy on top. And that's why, like, I get... It's like, I don't know what problem I'm solving. <laughs> I start solving the problem I'm presented. And it's a new problem. And then all of a sudden, there's this fucking knee on my belly. And I start trying to solve that one. And it's like, oh, well, here's, get, that, there, there's something else. And so that's where I get... And like I said, I, I know that theoretically having someone mounted on my back is not better than side control. <laughs> But that's what drives me nuts. It's like, why do I feel more comfortable? And I've said this before. Like, if you were Kevin past my guard, like, in all honesty, I, I, if I'm just being honest with myself, I'm like, dude, the next chance I'm going to have to escape is when they get to mount. I just hope that the side control beating and the neon belly <laughs> beating is, is manageable so that by the time they get to mount, I've got some energy to put into getting the fuck out of here. Because I just, I, I don't... I just know that no matter what I do, like realistically, no matter what I do, you guys are have some sort of answer for, and I'm just like this fucking fish floundering. And then when you guys decide to put me out of my misery and go to mount, I'm like, oh god, thank you. Give me a leg. All right, here we go. Let's get to work. Or so, anyways. But... That's so funny just to hear you explain that. That cracks me up. Think about this shit, man. No, I, I can tell. Oh, believe me, I can tell. And that's why it makes it so humorous for me. So. I, I, we'll I, fix that. We'll I, fix it. I have faith, man. Once I, I'm just seeing something the wrong way. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Just the way you explained it to me proves to me that you're seeing it the wrong way. Well, good. <laughs> that makes it easy. I hope it's fucking all wrong. It'd be terrible if you're like, no, man, that's a pretty good description. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I'd be like, damn it, figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> I can't help you. Telling me I'm a dumbass is great. You're so deep. This down. is easy. Yeah, you're so deep down that hole. There's no help. You're fucked. <laughs> that's your that's your answer. Stay out of side control. Trust me. But, I yeah, that's my plan. Oh, that's too funny. But anyways. Anyways. And again, too, there's getting out of fucking blue belt and purple belt side control, and there's getting out of. Brown belt, black, black belt, belt side control. So it's a different game. It's a totally different game. Different problems to solve. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, like that's that's where my frustration because it's I've talked about it before. There's certain things with my game that I'm like, okay, these work up to a certain point. So either they're bullshit and it's just these people don't know what's going on, or I'm need to fix something with what I'm doing so it can continue to be successful higher up the chain. And so it. Uh, yeah. It's too funny. It's purple belt problems, yeah, baby. It's purple belt problems. <laughs> All right, man. Okay, man. All, All right. Sounds good. All right. Fuck it. Yeah. See you guys later. Yeah. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Fuck down, clown with a-
permanent rep I heard it now Doggy school, foggy cool Got a froggy outside Molly dude Now they're calling Daisy Duke Hanging by the lace of their shoes No trace of the tools Shaped in your face, fuck the rules Snooze you lose One eye always open, in time too No clue, but soon a brief monsoon Might give you a view to choose Stay tuned, include, won't conclude To the end is near be where this consequence is But what you do Ooh.